It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. You can email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. You can call into the show, 405 362 7128. On today's show, we're going to be previewing the Thunder's final preseason game of the year and give our final roster projections of the season as well as an interesting development around the Thunder's season opener next week in Houston. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So this is going to be the final preseason game. We've made it. We've made it through the preseason, and next week it's going to start the regular season. And so this one will tip off at 7 p.m. on Friday night on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Uh, the roster cutdown will happen roughly on Saturday with a Thunder being able to eat uh, guaranteed money or, or unfortunately having to eat guaranteed money. Uh, they can stretch their decisions past the past Saturday. But if you want to put a guy on waivers, you need to put him on waivers on Saturday to be able to have him off your roster by Monday, which is the final day to have your roster finalized ahead of the 2020-2021 NBA season. So we'll know the answer by Monday, uh, and it looks like everyone will pretty well know what their roster's going to look like on Saturday. But again, the Thunder do have some wiggle room because they're going to cut a guy who's going to have guaranteed money. But 
Nonetheless, Saturday, we'll have a clear picture, I think, of this roster. This is going to be the last game until December 23rd, so some time off here for Oklahoma City to regroup and, and, and get rehabbed and everything like that after the preseason. But also an important part of this is that you have practice periods to create to correct whatever mistakes you've been making this preseason because training camp just started on the, on the 1st of December. They have not had a lot of practices together. And then you mix that into protocols and, and the tail meltdown trade not going through uh, until the 8th. They have not had a lot of time on the court together just collectively as a team. So to have these extra practices after this game ahead of that December 23rd opener, Obviously, you need a travel day in there also because you're going to go to Houston on December 23rd. So if you travel on Monday, you're looking at two extra practices after this game. And depending on the off days with Mark, what he wants to do, if he wants to give him an off day after the game on Saturday, but whatever, you're going to have some time here before your first game uh, to get some of this stuff ironed out if there's something just glaring after this contest. Unclear right now who's all going to be available. You're, f- you're going to find that out at about 5 o'clock. You're going to find out. Uh, who's going to start, who's going to be available, just because that's whenever we're going to have uh, the Mark Dagnott presser. We did not have one today on Thursday because of, I, I guess it was an off day today. And I think that they even had media day today, like the actual like take your picture photo shoot media type day. So I think that just that kind of threw off the routine schedule of everything practice-wise and availability-wise. So we're not sure who's going to play and who's not going to play. So that leads us right into the what to watch for. And there's still a lot of question marks. The first thing to watch for is how does Mark's rotation look? Because I don't know about you, but I'm a basketball junkie, so I've been watching other preseason games, not just Oklahoma City's. And just watching how these coaches manage their veterans and manage their key pieces versus how other you know coaches are doing it, it's very interesting to me. And I want to see what Mark's going to do in this final game. Again, you have a bit of a break here if you did want to play your veterans and p- play your key pieces into the second half, which you did not do on Wednesday. But now you have a bit of a break here before the season opener to where you realistically could do that without gassing out Horford or Shea or Dort or Baisley. But you could also play it safe and say, look, there's no reason for them to play. It's preseason. Just play a half of basketball, and then we'll regroup in Houston on the 23rd. You can go either way with that. So I'm just interested in what Mark's going to decide to do. And then another thing to watch for that that ties into that, we don't know about availabilities yet, so... It's unclear if Josh Hall and Ty Jerome can make their Thunder debuts yet. Of course, Darius Miller has not played either, but Hall and Jerome are more the headline players here. Uh, For Josh Hall, a former five-star recruit who skipped college and has all the tools and athleticism, and he's a wing who can handle the ball, he can shoot the ball, he can drive, Uh, he presents an interesting two-way option for you. And so it's really hurt him, I think, by not being available to play in these preseason games because at this point, Hopefully you have one game left, right? Hopefully he can play today, uh, Josh Hall. But at this point, you're going to have one real game. One real game where you're going to get real, true minutes. Because the G League season is still up in the air. It could happen in a bubble format in late January. could happen in February. And it could not happen at all. And so that's really going to hurt these two-way development guys because you're going to get your all of your development from practices uh, and not from game environments. And so you saw the uptick in minutes for, for Moses Brown from Saturday to Wednesday. I'm sure you're going to see Moses Brown getting more minutes uh, today in the second half. I want to see Josh Hall on the floor. I hope that all is well with him and that, that he is available. Uh, his Instagram stories, it doesn't seem like anything's truly bothering him. And it goes back to what Mark has always said, that these guys are just dealing with normal return to play stuff, you know, just return to play, getting your feet under you in a new environment, in a new system and revamping your body. And and so it seems like that's the route that 
Josh Hall is going. And that's that's the route that his, I don't want to call it an injury because I'm sure it's not like an actual injury, but his bumps and bruises are nothing really too concerning, uh, just basing it off of what we think we know. Uh, but to see if Josh Hall and Ty Jerome can play it will be another what to watch for. And then, of course, if they do get to play, it'll be crucial to see how far along they are because Ty Jerome needs to take another step in his game to be a legitimate NBA role player contributor type guy, especially needs to be able to space the floor better and shoot the three ball better. So how does he start out in a Thunder uniform in that respect? And then for Josh Hall, just get a starting point for him. And that's that's a phrase that I really like that Mark uses is a starting point because it doesn't matter if it's good or bad for Josh Hall. You just need to know where we're starting at with this two-way guy. And if you don't get to do that in the preseason, that does set back the timeline here for Josh Hall possibly cracking into the NBA rotation, in my opinion. But we'll see if that comes to flourishing in any type of way. But another thing to watch for, of course, is Poku. Because Poku's on that same type of thing. In my opinion, he's gained enough trust in the sense of I would play him meaningful minutes on on Wednesday. You know, against the Rockets, I'd play him meaningful minutes. I think that... On one hand, you have nothing to lose. On the other hand, he's also proven to you he's not just totally lost out there. And beyond being totally lost, there's no other reason why I would hold back Poku unless he was just absolutely just in over his skis. Uh, But at this point, he's not. At this point, he looks comfortable. There's still a learning curve. There's still going to be mistakes. But that's the case for every rookie. Uh, So I would go ahead and play Poku real NBA minutes from day one, from game one in Houston. But... I cannot say for certain that that's what's, that what's going to happen just because I would do it. Mark might not agree with me. So this is going to be the last time that you 100% will see Poku play extended, meaningful minutes. And that's going to be really fun to watch for Oklahoma City. And I, again, I do think that he's going to play that way in Houston, but we don't know that for sure just yet. And then, of course, Tail Maldon. Now, this is somebody who I think is going to play a ton from day one, absolutely. I mean, I think that without a shadow of a doubt, he has proven himself he will be a part of that second unit. He's honestly your best option in that second unit uh, to go ahead and play a lot of minutes. But still, it's fun to watch him play. Uh, he has very impressive vision, uh, very good shooting. And as we talked about yesterday at the very end of the podcast, I was very impressed You know, being able to be there and being able to watch him in person. I was very impressed with his defense. I was very impressed with his ability to stay in front of guys because the biggest knock on him has been his athleticism and it's been the fact that you know he can't keep up with NBA speed or NBA athletes. And he did a really good job of keeping everything in front of him and playing some really sound defense. He's not going to make the flashy defensive plays. He's not going to make the absolute defensive impact, right? He's not going to make the Lou Dort type impact where you just take note of it every possession. But he's able to simply do his job. And from... The, the way that people talked about him prior to the draft, you would have thought that that would be an enormous accomplishment for game two of his NBA career on Wednesday night. So seeing him continue to play well and, and finish out this preseason very strong will be fun. I think that he's already earned a spot in that rotation as your backup lead ball handler, and I am super pumped for what Taylor Maldon can be moving forward. I'm also pumped for Built Go. Built Go is an amazing one and a half ounce package that is so easy and convenient. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or you can even just simply put it in your pocket to make it through the day. No matter if it's a physical wall, mental wall, breakthrough with Go every single day. Built Go is the best workout gel 
on the market. It is five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It is three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. Peanut butter honey is just incredible. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing. It gets into your system and it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is little with good stuff to ignite your work. Collagen protein promotes soft tissue, joint, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. Whenever you get there and you use promo code LOCKED, you're going to get 20% off your next order. So promo code LOCKED, get 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, and I want to tell you about Locked On Bets. Betting on the NBA does not have to be a guessing game. You can listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. It's brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast from. Very, very good show already cracking the top 200 of all sport podcasts. Lockdown Bets is the way to go. I've already made money listening to that show. Right now, it's the holiday season. You need all the money you can get, so go check them out. Locked on Bets, anywhere you hear podcasts from. I do want to continue this show talking about what to watch for in the final preseason tune-up against the Chicago Bulls. We've talked about Poku, we've talked about Maldon, we've talked about the rotation. I want to see the Thunder play improved defense on Friday. I get it. Uh, the guys are not going to be locked in defensively. Uh, Lou Dort will be. Lou Dort showed you on Wednesday what I've been saying all along is that he only knows one speed. He only knows how to play winning basketball. So whenever you talk about tanking and you talk about losing games, on the one hand, I totally agree with that strategy. I think it's the absolute best strategy to use for the Thunder. And, and that's how you shift the odds. Shifting the odds is something that Sam Presti talks about all the time. I think that tanking is the way to go. So I am fully on board with tanking as a strategy and as the as the objective for this Thunder season. But as I've been saying, this team will not be the process Sixers. They're not going to look abysmal out there. They have a lot of guys who only do winning things. Lou Dort is a good example of that, and he showed that again on Wednesday. But outside of him, nobody was really locked in defensively, and I just want to see that, that second unit look better defensively because a lot of those second unit players were vying for roster spots, and they still just lacked any sort of defensive toughness or ability. And if that's the case, you know, some of those guys have to make the roster. And if you can't give defensive effort in this scenario, where you're not guaranteed for a roster spot, it does not, it does not lead me to believe you're going to play a lot of good defense next week. 
in a week from now, whenever you've actually made the team. So I just want to see the Thunder defense improve a little bit even, but I do understand it's the preseason. These guys do not take preseason defense all that seriously, of course. But on that second unit, Frank Jackson, I want to see him play, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, right? Frank Jackson's the classic preseason player where everyone has to collectively agree to take a deep breath and take a step back. Because if I unleashed my true feeling for what Lou, for what Frank Jackson has done in these two games, I think that this guy can be a microwave scorer off the bench, get you a quick bucket, and, and really be a source of offense for that second unit. And at this point, if he goes out there and does it again Friday, you have to be feeling confident in Frank Jackson. Because Frank Jackson had a really good bubble period with, with the Pelicans. I mean, he was really good down in Orlando. It was surprising when Frank Jackson was available. And the Thunder have coveted Frank Jackson for a long time. When you mix all of that together with what we're seeing so far this preseason, Frank Jackson is an interesting prospect who I didn't think so at the time. Whenever they signed Frank Jackson, I honestly did not think much of it. I thought that he was going to be a roster casualty, maybe a training camp you know, type guy. Then we find out more information about the contract details. And it's pretty clear he's going to make this roster. And I think that Frank Jackson can play a vital role this season. And again, I'm not talking wins or losses. I'm just talking a, a massive impact in the scoring production of your second unit. And it's good for Frank Jackson. That it looks like, again, just through two preseason games, it looks like that the bubble period in Orlando was not a fluke, was not just him catching fire for a little bit, and then he was going to eventually go back to what he was. It looks like that was him turning the corner as an NBA player. You can hope, at least, if you're Oklahoma City. But obviously, monitoring Frank Jackson closely will be a big deal. Another thing to watch for is the roster bubble candidates. I mean, Admiral Schofield did not play well. Isaiah Roby did not play well. Kendrick Williams is 1-1, is one one, right? He had one bad game in San Antonio, one good game against Chicago on Wednesday. These three guys are really on the cusp, right, of this roster. One of them, I think, has to get cut at least. The Thunder still have to make three cuts, before the season starts, you would be floored if one of them was not amongst this group, possibly even more, possibly even all three. I mean, you would be floored, right, if one of these three guys were not gone, at least by Monday. So this is a big moment for Schofield, Roby, and Williams. And they all three play about the same role on this team and position on this team. But Roby was good in San Antonio. Williams was good against Chicago. They both were bad in the opposite game. And then Schofield has never gotten it started in Oklahoma City just yet. Schofield has just looked ineffective in both preseason games. So how do you go about evaluating this this situation with this roster bubble uh, after Friday and who stands out on Friday? It's not going to make or break the roster, I don't think, uh, because I think that Mark's going to really evaluate the actual training camp period and the three games we got to see. And I don't think it's going to overvalue one preseason game over the other, uh, but it'll be fascinating to just watch and observe uh, how these three guys go about it. The last thing to watch for is TJ Leaf. Is he going to be back in the rotation? A lot of people asking why he was not in the rotation to begin with, why he did not play Wednesday. Personally, my opinion and my, my prediction is that TJ Leaf's going to be on this roster. So there was no need to throw him minutes against the Bulls when he played fine against the Spurs, played to what played up to the expectation and played up to the level you wanted him to play against the Spurs. He shows you he can be a competent contributor for a team. 
that's all he really needed to show you anyway uh, to be on this roster. It's where I think that he's shown enough in training camp, he's shown enough in that one preseason game that he has earned a spot on this roster. And then Wednesday, you wanted to uptick Moses Brown minutes. You wanted to uptick Isaiah Roby minutes. You wanted to uptick Kendrick Williams minutes. And I think that he just fell out of the rotation in that sense. You want to look at other players. I think TJ Leaf is on this roster come Monday. I could be wrong, but I think he's on this roster come Monday. But do we get to see him play basketball again before the regular season for TJ Leaf? And then we move on to the Thunder Moneyball. We predict the Thunder Moneyball every single game. If you're not aware, the Thunder Moneyball is who will lead the team in three-pointers made in this game. We typically also do a bet of the game brought to you by betonline.ag, but I'll be completely honest with you, I am not going to bet on a preseason NBA game. Uh, That's a little bit too far for my blood, so I'm just going to keep it with the Thunder Moneyball for now, and then we'll dive into the full game preview with the overview, the what to watch for, the keys of the game, the better of the game, the money well prediction of the game. We'll do all of that for the Rockets game on Wednesday. So for now, just the Thunder Moneyball. Who's going to lead this team in three-pointers made tonight? I'm going to say Frank Jackson keeps up his hot streak. He gets a lot of minutes with that second unit, gets a lot of minutes in that second half of the final preseason contest, and he once again catches fire from deep, and once again provides a scoring boost for your second unit. Let me know who you're picking for the Thunder Moneyball of the game on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And don't forget, this is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We have a jam-packed week next week. We're going to be doing a full NBA season preview over-unders from every NBA team, playoff predictions, award predictions, everything you need to know before the NBA season tips off. Also, we're going to be doing a Thunder season preview with a lot of good guests. And of course, we're going to be right back into the swing of things, previewing the Rockets game Wednesday, recapping the Rockets game Thursday, previewing the Hornets game on Friday. Jam-packed week, locked and loaded for you. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. I want to dive into my roster projection 4.0 and see how things have changed because the last time we sat down and did a roster projection, it was before we even played a preseason game for the Thunder. So let's reconfigure this, right? Let's see what parts of this roster have moved and shaped, in my opinion, for this team. Because Sam Presti has a very difficult decision to make on Saturday and Sunday leading up to that finalization of the roster on Monday because you need to make three moves. You need to make three cuts on this roster and each guy provides an angle and a storyline that you'd want to keep following all season long. That are That's an interesting element to their story, but three of them got to go. And what three will that be? So the roster projection and an interesting development around the Thunder season opener is coming up on Locked on Thunder. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want to take the time right now to tell you to head on over to Locked on NBA whenever this podcast is finished because we're rolling out our special Locked on NBA season preview shows. They're getting you ready division by division for the regular season with a very special week of shows previewing each and every team. Plus, there's waiver wire additions from Locked on Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world, hosted by Josh Lloyd, and rookies to watch for this season from draft guru Chad Ford. What's his take on Poku and Tail Maldon? We'll see. Head on over. Locked on NBA. I'm on there. If you want to hear more of my voice, you can head on over there and listen to me preview the Thunder season. So subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcast from. It is a very unique national NBA show, and I think the best national NBA show. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Now let's dive into the roster projection 4.0. What has changed since last week? What has changed with this preseason and with these preseason games? Well, not all that much for me, honestly. Your roster bubble to me are four players, and you only need to get rid of three. So one of them has to be safe. Working backwards, there are a few locks in this team. I think that Shea is a lock, Lou Dort is a lock, Kimmanu Diallo is a lock, Tail Maldon is a lock, and then Ty Jerome was also a lock. I think that those five guys as your guard position are absolutely locked in. So is George Hill at your guard position. And honestly, after the preseason he's had, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Frank Jackson because he's also had a really good training camp from all accounts. I think that Ty Jerome is a prospect worth taking the flyer on. I know he hasn't played just yet. You haven't seen it in Oklahoma City just yet, but I think that he's someone worth keeping around, so the Thunder will lock him in as well. And then, of course, you're going to lock in Darius Baisley. You're going to lock in Poku. You're going to lock in probably Justin Jackson. And that's kind of like your only locks for the wing position. And that's the big man spot, Horford, uh, you know, Al Horford locked in. Your two two-way guys, Josh Hall and Moses Brown. So that creates a very interesting dynamic here. I'm going to go ahead and lock in TJ Leaf, as we talked about uh, on the What to Watch for. I'm locking in TJ Leaf. So beyond that, you now are presented with this four-man bubble. How do you decide who to cut between Isaiah Roby, Admiral Schofield, Kendrick Williams, and Trevor Ariza, as well as Darius Miller? So five-man bubble, I should say. So which two survive this bubble? To me, I think that this organization has put a lot into Isaiah Roby already. They really like Isaiah Roby. I don't think that one bad preseason game, because he was pretty good against the Spurs, I don't think that one bad preseason game is going to cost Roby a roster spot after that they put so much effort into him, rehabbing him, helping him get through that rehab process last year, and he possesses a lot of tools. So I'm going to save Isaiah Roby from this bubble. And then you have Schofield, Williams, and Ariza, and Miller. I think that Miller is going to be gone, to be completely honest with you. He's only going to cost you $7 million to get off of, and so I think that you easily cut... Darius Miller, that's one of your cuts. You need three. So then you're left with, you know, Roby, who I'm already going to give a roster spot. So Isaiah Roby makes it. Then you're going to be left with Schofield, Williams, and Ariza. I, I, I like Kendrick Williams as an interesting prospect, but I do think that his $2 million is too, is too enticing, right? You have to move off of these guaranteed contracts, so why not move off of just $2 million from Kendrick Williams? So I think that he's gone as well. And what I think will be the toughest decision for Sam Presti is going to be evaluating 
Trevor Ariza versus Admiral Schofield. And, and you can put whoever you want to in, the, in his place. Schofield, Roby, whomever. is going to be Trevor Ariza versus those guys. Because to me, the highest value you're going to get for Trevor Ariza is a second-round pick. And all second-round picks turn into an Isaiah Roby. They turn into an Admiral Schofield. So would you rather kick the can down the road and reset your timeline on a project prospect like a Roby or like a Schofield by keeping a reason and then flipping him to the Lakers or somebody for a second round pick later on? Or would you rather just go ahead and deal with the project prospect that you know, an Isaiah Roby or Admiral Schofield? There's not really a wrong answer here. And that's why this cut down day for the Thunder is lacking drama because there's no really wrong route you can go if you're Sam Presti. But that's what to watch for. So my final roster, this is what I think we'll see come Monday. We're going to group them by position. So we're going to have Shea, Dort, Diallo, Maldon, Drone, Frank Jackson, George Hill, and then you're going to have Baisley, Poku, Justin Jackson, Leaf, Roby, Schofield, Josh Hall for your two-way, Mike Muscala, Al Horford, Moses Brown. That's my 17 guys. If you include the two-way guys, of course you can have 17. That's my 17 guys. Let me know your roster predictions on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. This route leaves me releasing Darius Miller, Trevor Ariza, and Kendrick Williams. I want to hit on one last point and one last news bulletin. The Rockets announced today that they were set to allow fans to start this season, including to their home opener against the Oklahoma City Thunder on the 23rd. Is this a good idea for the league? I'm not sure. I'm surprised that these teams are going to let fans in from day one. But as I've said all along, this league has earned trust amongst its fans and media to where you just have to bank on the fact that they would not do something to jeopardize their product. They've earned that that right. Whereas, you know, baseball does not have that reputation. Football does not even have as strong a reputation as the NBA does. To where if the NBA signs off on this, you have to assume that the protocols are, are safe enough and that they're going to be as safe as possible. So that's what I'm banking on as the Rockets will allow fans. I also want to know from you, Let's say that you live in Houston today, that that you live there right now. The Toyota Center is down the road. Let's also say I just give you tickets to this game for free, 100% free. You live in Houston, five minutes from the Toyota Center. Would you feel comfortable going to that game on the 23rd? Let me know that on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Once again, this is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Jam-packed week of shows next week, NBA season preview, Thunder season preview, Rockets game preview, Rockets game recap, and Hornets game preview. So much to get done in our week of shows next week. Until then, check out Locked on NBA, check check out Locked on Bets, make yourself some money, listen to our NBA season preview, and be good, and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.